All right, welcome to another episode of Hard to Market, where we have issues that are difficult to market and we talk about what makes them work. So um, I wanted to uh, lean in with some stuff that I've been learning recently, um, which is the, you know, in the interviewing sort of process and the pre-screening process of podcast generation, um, there's different question styles that are appropriate for each of those, right? So what makes for a good interview isn't necessarily a good discovery and vice versa. Um, and how do you balance those two? And uh, I think, you know, Sean, you're uniquely poised to provide some real good insight there, given your background and product uh, doing discovery work there. So, um, you know, fire away when ready. I uh, want to hear more about kind of approaches there. Great question. And there definitely is some overlap there. So just for listeners in terms of background, Mine's in the software world, usually the research part, which is often referred to as user research or discovery or something like that. And that's where, and this terminology have kind of developed over time, we're searching for what we call problems worth solving to figure out whether or not any solutions we may want to build have real potential. And I think it has a lot to do with building the early version of what might ultimately become a sales process. And that's how I've started to kind of approach that moving forward. And where I differentiate kind of sales from a skill set to more of kind of just like a process. Like, are you following a process? Are you following the right steps? I don't know necessarily like what, where I personally feel it falls. I think sales is probably more of a process to follow than skills that you necessarily need to develop or bring some kind of magic to the table. I think almost anyone can learn it is kind of what I'm getting at if you are following the steps in the right way in order to kind of produce the results that you're looking for. So from a high level, my perspective on what doing that well looks like is you're essentially the objective that you're trying to achieve is you're trying to figure out for the solution that you have, does somebody have a problem that that solution can help solve? That's really the objective, trying to figure that out. And I think it's a, it's a practice of trying to ask the right questions as effectively and efficiently as you can really get to that answer. And then either you can help them with what you offer, product or service, or you can point them in the right direction because now you've got better context for the problem space. And it's more than just knowing it. It's really understanding it. And there's a difference there. I would say probably from the perspective of the easiest way to think about that is something that you truly understand, I would argue you can teach someone because you know everything about it, essentially. Something that you know of is something that you might be familiar with, but maybe you just don't know like all the intricacies. So I think that's a good foundation in terms of where to start, because if you want to be successful in doing that, I think that's a good way to think about it. It's interesting, though. I think there is um, a balance here, and this is where I, where it gets risky and challenging as a host, right? Um, in the screening calls that you might be doing with somebody in advance of a podcast, you might be um, uh, comfortable asking some of those deeper diving questions. But in the podcast itself, you know, clearly as a host, you know, from a role perspective, you want to make sure that you're allowing the guests to put their best foot forward. So some of those probing questions and managing the discomfort of the guest uh, might be a little bit challenging in that space. So, um, what are some indicators when you should switch tactics? What are some indicators when somebody is on their back foot um, and and they're getting defensive about, you know, whatever question you're asking? And this is a relatively common occurrence when you're asking good questions is people tend to get like, well, well wait, uh, how do you manage that? What are the indicators? 
um, that kind of thing. I'm just kind of interested in your take on that because I've got a slightly different approach. Sure. So from my perspective, you don't want to necessarily like catch someone off guard. There's a difference between like asking a good question and trying to like probe in an area that makes someone feel uncomfortable. And I think some folks like they, their shtick is kind of like to try to do that, so to speak, where it's like, I'm going to throw you nonstop curveballs and then it just kind of gets like awkward or whatever. So I, less of that kind of stuff. I think that gets a lot of attention, but I don't think that produces good content, right? That might produce like, I don't know, content that gets traction to a certain extent, but probably not the kind of traction that you want. So outside of that, I think it's more, what is, what is the, I'm always trying to think about from the perspective of my audience for my podcast. What do they want to know? Like, what's the next best question I can ask that provides the most value for the largest number of my listeners? And a lot of the times that overlaps with probably with I'm going to ask because I'm creating my content for listeners who are people like me. They might be before me in the journey. They might be after me in the journey, but they're on kind of the same path. So more than likely, we're thinking along the same lines, but I'm always trying to put the next question that I want to ask and try to think of it from that perspective, because I want to make sure that the experience they're getting from the show is as informative for them as it can be. Just recorded an episode this week where I talked about somebody who had successfully bootstrapped their third company at this point. And that's really what I was leveraging in order to figure out how do I continue to produce the best content and get the information that my audience largely wants to know from someone who's got a lot of experience. I can ask so many questions of this person, taken in so many different directions. So that I think is really the challenge, figuring out how to do that and measure like strike a good balance there well but i don't think it's a matter of like you know i try to set up and prepare the guests on the show as best i can to make sure that they're going to be comfortable because i don't really want to catch them off guard so to speak uh, because then they're going to be uncomfortable then it's going to bleed through in terms of the experience and people are can produce a, a very different experience whether they feel like comfortable engaged borderline having fun right like that's kind of the objective i think that's what makes for a good show there's people like participating having a good time i always think of like podcasting as it's as a unique element to the medium in terms of it's like sitting around almost like with your friends and talking about a topic like you all want to learn something but you're all having a good time at the same time that's the like i think that's the strike that we've talked the balance that we've talked about before which is like that infotainment like how do you make it uh inform inform like informational educational but at the same time entertaining and i think yeah i agree with you i think that at the same time you know the the responsibility of the host in many ways as part of making the guest feel comfortable the higher the kind of trust level um the more vulnerable they can be and the, the answers in a vulnerable space um, are usually the best ones, right? They're coming from a place where it's recently learned or recently suffered kind of knowledge that they've acquired. Um, it's where they're typically at at the moment. And so when you help folks feel comfortable and confident in that pre-sale process or in that pre-meeting process, where you're doing the the you know initial interview, you get to um, demand essentially a higher level of intimacy in the the podcast episode itself and and i i'm resonant with the notion that like it should be uh sound like we're having you know a good time and and it should be that infotainment component um but i also think that um it's there's a there's a role that we have you know as helping folks tell their story and share their knowledge 
to um, to create content that has the potential to help change people, whatever to the, whatever extent that means, right? Like it may be I used to think of solving the problem in this way, and now I think I'm solving it that way. That's okay. It's not have to you know you don't have to be life altering change all the time, right? That's going to get tiring for everybody. But um, but we have the capacity with what we do um, in this context to really uh, help move people along, and so. That responsibility is one that requires us, I think, to perpetually sharpen our questioning skills and start to find that balance even better uh, as we go. I, I don't know um, uh, how that resonates, I guess, with with some of the, the guests you've had. Do you have any uh, like uh, success stories in that context uh, that you want to share? Sure. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a couple things that I think make for a better overall better experience number one is all of the like planning and logistics that we're talking about like making the guests feel comfortable sticking to like some form of talking points to a certain extent you can always go in different directions from there as well too but as long as they have an, an idea of terms of, like what you're going to ask them about then they'll just be in the right mindset so to speak and you'll know that you're in an area where they're both like they're passionate about it they have some expertise there. They may have produced great results, whatever it is, we're here to learn from them to a certain extent. So we want to make sure it's obviously something that fits well into their wheelhouse. Um, beyond that, I think it's the, I think some of the extra stuff is like the vibe. What type of, are these two creating or, you know, however many people you have on your show? We, I say two, because we do a lot of interview-based podcasting for the most part, but it's like, what's the rapport like between the two of these? Are they do they make good point counterpoint? Like, are they, um, what's the kind of like camaraderie elements? And I'm always trying to um, make sure that the guest feels comfortable with that as well too, which might include doing like the uh, initial introductory call. I typically recommend those as well too. For those that aren't like advanced podcasters, they haven't been on a bunch before. Uh, some people are just like, hey, you know, I've done this bunch, so I'm like ready to rock. And uh, like in that instance that I just mentioned, we didn't do an intro call. We just kind of went right into the recording. And I think it worked well enough. Um, in certain instances, some episodes are just going to be better than others that way. And I think there's a level of preparation you could do as well, too, where if you meet with them first, you get to figure out a little bit more about them. You become more comfortable with them. They become more comfortable with you. And then you just have an idea in terms of like what to expect. If you've been through that already. It's just like any preparation. I think it just takes the edge off a little bit makes you feel a little bit more comfortable and helps them understand also the kind of experience that you're going for because everyone like people have different styles when it comes to their podcasts right i want mine to be conversational based um infotaining whenever possible other people are just like you know rapid fire questions and like it's a really short episode others are like really long episodes are just like almost like a meandering type conversation so whatever your style is i think it depends and makes make sure that you have the strategy and the steps in the, in the process to make sure that you're able to achieve some form of consistency or whatever you think that your audience is essentially expecting. But a little bit of preparation, I think, goes a long way. Yeah, I agree. And the ability to pivot too becomes really important because different guests are going to demand different things out of you as a host, right? I've had guests that are like super interested in the three word answers. And I'm like, mm, let's move past that. You know, can you tell me more? And then, you know, you have these other situations where it's like, I, you know, I need to get this person 
you know, to to stop talking for a second so I can redirect the conversation away from their cat. And you're like, Ugh. so there is a there's a fair amount of like regular pivoting that you need to be able to do that, you know, even the prep calls are not going to be able to uh, answer for. Right. You get the occasional interruption. You get, you know, all sorts of crazy stuff when you're doing this. And um, as a host, the cultivating that skills really just means go out and have as many conversations as you can. The best way to prep to be a good podcaster is talk to a lot of people and try and get them to stay, you know, get them back to a topic or see what you can do to redirect the conversation. Every chance you, every conversation you have is a chance to, to hone and sharpen that skill set. And so in my experience, right, that agility comes from, um, both, you know, a good understanding of what you're trying to do for your listener and for your audience, and as well as essentially just a ton of practice, right? This doesn't come overnight. Hey, you, yes, you, it's uh, 2024 and you don't have a podcast yet, or maybe you do, but you're struggling with it. Uh, we will talk to you about that uh, for free. We'll help you figure out uh, where you might be stuck, uh, whether or not we can help you for sure. But also, uh, if you don't have one yet, what are the like first five things you can do? Uh, what are some great angles that you can use to make sure that your podcast was sustainable as you start to develop that moving forward? Uh, those consults are free. So reach out at the link below uh, in the show notes or email me at brian at podcastchef.com. Thanks. Hi, this is Brian. Thanks for listening to the show. Uh, our website, podcastchef.com, has a ton of useful information about how to best leverage podcasting to help you solve some of your business goals and challenges. You can also schedule a demo uh, where we can show you how specifically Podcast Chef and our team can help you with some of your podcasting goals. Thanks. Thanks.